Two things. I want to talk about this weaker brother thing for a moment. And then I want to talk about come back to my I've heard the argument that we mustn't do X, Y, and Z because of our weaker brother. I've heard that so many times in ministry. Oh, we mustn't do that. We must do what that person wants us to do because they're in a weaker brother situation, therefore we must fold into what they want. Now, we must never do anything that causes our brothers or sisters to stumble. Like eat, go and eat in the temple of an idol. Absolutely true. But the weaker brother thing doesn't give, shouldn't give space to legalism. We must do this. You ask anybody on the leadership here, as soon as somebody says we ought or we must, my immediate reaction is, really? If we're being called and the Lord wants us, absolutely. But where is the must and should and ought? It's got to be careful. We can fall into legalism and we end up not walking in freedom because we're too worried about the weaker brother. Now, we mustn't do anything. One of those, we mustn't do anything to cause them to stumble, but we mustn't get legalistic. It mustn't limit freedom. In our congregation, in our fellowship, if there was somebody who theologically thought that the gifts um, went out in the second century, first century, second century, back then, which there are churches around that believe that, then I wouldn't stop operating in the gifts just to please that person. I talked to that person, I'd love that person, we talk it through. But we as a body operate in the gifts. So the weaker brother argument must never limit our freedom. It just causes us to be careful with our practice. So we don't upset. So we don't deliberately quote people where it's painful. Basically, the weaker brother argument mustn't lead us into compromise. You can push it too far. You can push it so far that we compromise and compromise and compromise, and in the end, we just look like the world. And we're just doing everything because our culture says we should. And that's a difficult one, generationally. There's certain issues, but my, my kids love the Lord and know their scriptures. And we disagree on various things. And part of it's generational. And working out what's generational and, what, and where they're wrong. Oh, sorry, where <laughs> it's difficult. Because as a group of evangelical Christians, you know, if a group from the 50s could come back and see some of the stuff we do, they'd be shocked. But it was cultural things for them. You know? It's any, ladies, anybody got makeup on? Some of you have, haven't you? Yeah, Ian has, not he? No? That's worrying. You got makeup on. Yeah, but you were told in the 1950s not to wear makeup. Don't wear makeup. It's of the world. It's, it's demonic. Yeah. Cultural. Cultural is a thing that's yeah. So, that's the weaker brother thing. Just be careful how we use it. 
Yes, we've got to be careful with these crackers. Right, back to the eyeball thing. As Chris said very clearly, and Mr. Monkey helped earlier, an eyeball is something that gets in the way of God. It gets between me and God. An eyeball is anything that says, okay, I'm not going to do this for God because I'm going to do this instead. I'm not going to go to church on Sunday morning because I've got a better offer. That guy I've been trying to play golf with for the last four months to finally, finally play golf with, so he's going to go this. Really? Who comes first? The guy you want to play golf with? Or God? And anything you get, and it's about us meeting together, it's about our individual walk with God. Remember, I've said a couple of things about that online, about you know, we, we mustn't be too individualised with all of this. We are supposed to meet together. There is a scheme to stop us doing this. I've told some of my colleagues were doing this, and, and really, oh no, I, oh, no, don't do that, don't do it. The fear that has come around corporate gatherings, worship has done it. Worship in all different ways, but we should gather where we can. Idols is anything that gets in the place of God. I've got my box here. Oh, my beautiful assistant, thank you. So what about, I see in red, so it's the only pen I had at the front. Can I use yours as a table? Alright. I've got written on the front here things that you're probably surprised. I didn't put TV and games and stuff. I could have done. What are the idols for me? Sometimes family. Putting family first before God, good thing. But between me and God, not a good thing. Yeah? Ministry. Ministry can, okay, doing church can be more important than God. Oh, and just to, for those of you who can read sideways, I put church on the side. And I've got on the top here, being loved. Is that more important than coming to God? Being loved with other, by other people rather than by God. And then the one on the end, being right. That's never a problem for me. There's also something wrong here. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Debbie. I love you too. It's all based in fear and control. Idols are anything that gets between us and God. Have a thought. Have a thunk. Do you want to add anything to your box? There might be some good stuff. We've got family and friends over there. Thank you very much. Absolutely. This is brilliant. Planning? Absolutely. I'm not pointing out who's written them. Just use them as examples. Only those of you who've written large can I read. Home. Okay, it's not looking anywhere. Absolutely. What's more important? During COVID, is my safety more important than obedience to God? Because if your safety is more important than your obedience to God now, maybe your safety is more important to you than God anyway, so if it calls you to do something that doesn't feel safe to you, you won't do it. I'm glad those missionaries that have gone overseas didn't concern worry about their safety. I'm sure they thought about it. I'm sure they prayed about it, but they still went. 
Being courageous doesn't mean an absence of fear. Being courageous means recognising the fear and doing it anyway. Right, here we go. Ready? What I'd like you to do in your little groups is to build your boxes into a pile. Well, if there's only a couple of you, just for the moment, turn around and... Um, so, so we've got two or three boxes in a pile. We might need to move a bit. Be careful with the mingling thing. Somebody told me they were going to bring their sword, did they? Somebody else said they might bring their lightsaber. Cool ones. Somebody's brought their breakfast to see. You've got nice cool ones. It's a bit wobbly. Ah, hey! I tell you what, if only if only the wind could just knock it down like that. Now, I don't want to be simplistic about this because the stuff we've written on here is stuff we struggle with. It's stuff that's difficult to get loose from. But it is simple. It's not simplistic, but it's simple. We've got weapons that destroy strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says we've got weapons that will tear down. They have the power to demolish strongholds, to demolish the pretensions, things that we put first, things we prioritise before God. But we have weapons, because we have everything we need to live this godly and holy life. Truth. We've got the scripture. We know the truth. Do we actually speak it out loud? I love doing the Bible readings every day. And some of you have appreciated them, and I thank, thank you for your comments. I love it because I get to speak out scripture every day. So if it doesn't help any of you, it's helping me. <laughs> I'm going to have spoken out every single word of scripture over a year. Apart from the bit Vicky did and the bit Christie. But between us, we're going to speak them out. We've got the word of God. We've got the spirit of God giving us prophetic revelation. We've got the spirit of God enabling us to pray and to proclaim. Are these good things that we've got here? Are they good things? They're idols. Are they good things? If they're idols, they're not good things. In their right place and the right used the right way, they're good things. Some of them. But most of what we've got written on here are idols. Well, it's idols. They're, they're not good things. 
We could build a whole load at the front here about the strongholds and the idols over our church, from the history of our church. When the country left. But we could do it. And kids, I need your help now. So, road up straight, see, see you. Kids, can you stand up? You stand up. I want you to target one of the boxes. One of the boxes. No, no, don't. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it over there. There's more. There's people over here might need some help. But kids, you're allowed to move around a bit more, you see. I'm going to get you to do it. Because it, what it doesn't take to take strongholds down is knowledge. What it doesn't take is experience. What it doesn't take is age. What it doesn't take is longevity in the faith. What it takes is the weapons that God has already given us and a simple faith that believes it's going to happen. Because Jesus has already defeated every single one of these sin patterns. Go for it, Hannah. Go on, Mia. These guys over here need some help. Oh, are you coming? Oh, great. A couple of people. Fabulous. Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> Mr. Monkey still at work. Here we go. Ready? We, we're going to take these, we're going to tear down these strongholds. And actually, what I want you to imagine is your right foot, or your left foot if you're left-handed, is the sword of the, sword of the Spirit. The word of God. So everybody, ready? Everybody, after me. Say together. God, we don't want these strongholds. We don't want these idols. We don't want them to get between us and you. Ready, Henry? Ready? In Jesus' name, we take them down. After three. One, two, three. Amen. Can you still reach them? If you can still reach them, grown-ups, your turn. Stand up. Go over to the boxes. Ready? We crush you under our feet. Go in Jesus' name. Ready? The victory belongs to Jesus. Joy gets missed the stronghold. The victory belongs to Jesus. Go. The victory belongs to Jesus. Amen.